I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are going to be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are going to work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're going to read one chapter a week. And inside our book study Facebook group, you're going to get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts. You're going to get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's going to be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're going to get a lot out of the group, even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. You're listening to episode 18 of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Teaching literacy is tough, but with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Happy Monday, friends! I am super excited about this episode. I'm excited about every episode, but this episode I'm really excited about because this was a listener request. This episode is dedicated to one of my listeners, Emily. Hey, Emily, I hope you are listening today. And Emily sent me a message a couple days ago on Instagram, and she asked if I'd be willing to do an episode all about reading conferences. And this request made me so excited for a few reasons. First of all, I really, really love hearing from you guys. Seriously, anytime I get an email or an Instagram message from one of my listeners, it really makes my day. I love connecting with teachers, and I also really love talking about what is working for you in your classroom, things that you're trying with your students, and I love giving support and encouragement when I can. So if you haven't reached out to me yet on Instagram or in my email, but you've been thinking about it, do it. You guys, I promise I'm nice and I would love to chat about reading with you and how I can use this podcast to support you. Second of all, I am such a huge fan of reading conferences and I have blogged about them in the past. And I also have a really great reading conference freebie that I'm going to include the link to in the show notes that you can grab if this episode resonates with you. And ever since I started this podcast back in January, I have been wanting to do an episode on reading conferences. I just didn't know when the best time to release that episode. And I know that this year has been a really wild one for teachers. And I know in the last couple of months, so many of you have transitioned from virtual to hybrid to face-to-face to back to virtual And now we're in this season where you're getting ready for possibly state testing and the end of the year is in sight. And I really just wasn't sure if you guys would want to hear about reading conferences right now. 
But when I get a request for a specific episode, I will do whatever I can to record it and make it happen. So Emily, thank you so much for making the request to hear about reading conferences. I am so excited to talk about them with y'all, and I really hope that this episode is helpful for you. First of all, let's talk about what is a reading conference. And it really is exactly what it sounds like. It is a one-on-one conference with a single student to discuss their reading life. Sounds amazing, right? I'd love to have reading conferences myself as an adult. They're meant to be short. Really, we want to think, you know, around eight minutes. And really, it is an opportunity for you as a teacher to step in, to actively observe your student's reading life, and to see where you can provide encouragement or support that is going to help them grow as a reader. I love reading conferences because they really are one of the most effective ways to help and support your students on an individualized level. They're customized to exactly what your students need. And like most things in my teacher life, I accidentally got started with reading conferences when I was probably seven to eight years into my teaching career. And you guys, I know I've talked about accidentally getting started with a lot of things in my teacher life. And as I think about this, maybe I should have called this podcast The Accidental Teacher. But here's the thing. When I started teaching, Pinterest didn't exist. I know, shocking. Teacher podcasts weren't a thing. Teachers Pay Teachers wasn't a thing. There really weren't even that many teacher blogs. So a lot of times I would try things or figure things out just by doing them in my classroom. And then when I started to realize something was working, I would research, I'd order a book or scour the internet and try to figure out how to refine them once I got started. Don't be afraid, use my example, don't be afraid to just start something even if you haven't done the research on it. But let me go back to how I got started with reading conferences. One year I was teaching second grade, and if you are a second grade teacher, or if you've ever taught second grade, then you know that reading levels in second grade really run the gambit. I had students that read from level D all the way up to a level Q. And trying to form reading groups with my students was a nightmare. I had one student who was reading on a level G, and the closest groups to him were students that were either reading on a level DE, which was going to be too low, or students that were reading on a level J, too high. Now, sometimes you can combine reading groups, but he was literally right in the middle of my lowest group and my next group, and either group didn't work for him. But because he was on a level G, which was slightly below grade level in second grade, I knew that he really needed to accelerate his reading. And I didn't want him to be in a group that was too easy or too high. So I basically made him his own reading group. Have you ever done that? And if you have, then you've really kind of tried out a reading conference. I started meeting with the student one-on-one, you know, a couple times a week because he was his own reading group. And originally I treated our meetings like a typical guided reading group. And I structured it in pretty much the same way. But I quickly realized that when you're meeting with a single student, you can quickly and efficiently get to the objective or the goal of your lesson a lot quicker because it's just one student. After a couple weeks of meeting with a student in a one-on-one small group setting, he responded really, really well. And I realized that this one-on-one time, because every time we met, we could talk about what he had been doing and the exact things he needs to, to do to continue to grow. And of course, at this case, because he was on a level G, a lot of it had to do with accuracy and fluency, but we even got to address comprehension issues. And I realized that if one-on-one check-ins were helping this student grow as much as they were, that they might be something that could help all of my students grow. And that's really how I got started with reading conferences. Now, since then, 
I have learned a lot about reading conferences and I've gotten a lot better at implementing them. And really, that's part of the process as teachers. We're never going to be perfect at something the first time we try a new routine or the first time we teach a lesson. But the sooner we get started with trying them, then the quicker we're going to be able to be at refining them. So if you have always wanted to do reading conferences, but you just are nervous to get started, just think the sooner you get started incorporating reading conferences into your classroom, the quicker you'll be able to refine them and have them become one of the most powerful elements of your reading block. And I want you to think that now in May or April, actually, I think this episode's coming out at the end of April, this is actually a really great time for you to try out reading conferences because as you're getting ready to wrap up the school year, you will learn a ton about what works for you and your style of teaching block. You'll be able to figure out the best time to incorporate reading conferences into your day and you'll get an idea of how you like to structure your reading conferences and things that you can possibly tweak at the beginning of the year so that way when next year starts, you'll be able to hit the ground running with reading conferences. So this is actually a really good time to be thinking about this topic. One of the things that I have learned and figured out over the year is a framework that you can use for all of your reading conferences. And that's what I'm going to share with you today. A really easy framework that you can use with all of your students, regardless of their reading level. And it's going to help make sure that your reading conference is focused, impactful, and meaningful. But before we do that, I wanted to spend just a few minutes talking about why reading conferences are so important and why they're so beneficial. And one of the things that I just really love about them is that they are a really effective way to get to know your students as individual readers. Really, anytime you get to spend one-on-one time with your students, you're going to get to know them on a deeper and more personal level. And when you confer with your students, you're going to learn things about them that you wouldn't have known from just a small group lesson or your whole group instruction. And the more you know about your students, the better you'll be able to help them grow. Cheesy, right? But it's true. The more information we have, the easier it's going to be for us to provide individualized support that is going to get our students to the next level in their reading lives. And not just reading levels, but like, what are the things that they need to become a confident and independent reader? And those are the things that you get to figure out when you spend time with them one-on-one. Like I said, reading conferences also allow you to customize and individualize your instruction for each student. When you are doing a reading conference, you are only focusing on the one student that is in front of you, which means you can give them the exact steps they need to continue growing on their reading journey. And even if you think about it, even in your small groups, there is a variation of students' needs and reading levels and abilities and interests and habits and behaviors. And so even if you are giving your students small group instruction on a regular basis, your small group lessons don't always 100% align or support each student every single time. But reading conferences, well, they're a great way to customize and individualize your students' reading journeys. And maybe one of my favorite reasons why we should incorporate reading conferences is because they're fun. Students love getting to spend time with their teachers one-on-one. I mean, think about how many times your students come up to you and they just want to share whether it's something that they're reading or something that happened at home. And so You get to spend time one-on-one with your students, and during your reading conference, you get to reinforce and just reassure them that they are making progress towards their reading goals, and that is fun as a teacher. They're fun. If you're not incorporating them, but you want another fun element into your reading block, start doing reading conferences. Okay, let's talk a little bit about what you should be doing as a teacher during your reading conferences, and like I said, I have a really simple framework I'm going to share with you, but before I do that, let me just go ahead and put this out there. If you are a teacher, 
in upper elementary, and you have already established that your students are fluent and accurate readers, then you do not need to listen to them read out loud during your reading conferences. This is just going to be a waste of time. And I have seen this a lot with teachers in upper elementary. And if I'm being honest, when I transitioned from lower elementary, where accuracy and fluency were a bigger need to upper elementary, a lot of times my reading conferences would involve students reading out loud to me. But then I realized that my students are fluent, whether they are reading a level Q, a level R, a level T, or a level Z. And accuracy and fluency isn't what they need help with. They need help with comprehension. They need help with critical thinking. They need help with communicating about a book. And those things we can talk about whether I listen to them read or not. Like I said, so often teachers want to spend their conference time having students read out loud and then talk about what they're reading. But if every time you sit down to read and you hear your students reading fluently and accurately, you can be confident that fluency and accuracy isn't something that they need to work on. And so skip that part and jump right into the part that will help them grow as a reader. Okay, so let me just give you permission. If you're upper elementary and you know your students are fluent, don't listen to them read. What should you do then? If you're like, well, if I'm not gonna listen to them read, what am I gonna do during an eight-minute conference? Let me tell you. I have this framework. It's called NEEDS. And N-E-E-D-S, anytime you sit down to do a reading conference, you can use this framework to help guide your conference. And I like to think of it as a reading conference is going to help you meet all of your students' needs. When you confer, you want to make sure you take time to notice, explore, encourage, develop, and then strengthen and summarize. And maybe you're thinking, golly, that is a lot. How do I get that done in five to eight minutes? Well, I'm glad you asked, so let me walk through each step of the reading conference. Remember, all of these things are meant to be short. A reading conference is not your primary mode of teaching. It really is just a way to check in with individual students. And so all of this does happen pretty quickly. The first thing that you want to do before your reading conference is take time to notice. So often we jump right in because we think we have an agenda of what we need to cover in our reading conferences, but it's really important to observe the student before the conference. What behaviors do you observe? Does your student get started reading right away? Do they switch books often? Do they read the same book over and over again? Do they take notes while they're reading? What do you notice about their body language? Are they slumped? What about their facial expressions? Are they laughing? Are they smiling? Do they look excited? The thing is, is when you stop to notice students, you'll realize that you can tell a lot about students and their level of engagement in reading just by watching what and how they read. And One thing that I always try to do with my reading block is spend time noticing all of my students. And maybe this is something that you do at the start of your reading block every single Monday. Maybe you just take five to 10 minutes and you observe all of your students and you just notice what are certain students doing and you jot down a few notes. And the thing that is so powerful about noticing is sometimes we can identify a really obvious habit or behavior that can be quickly fixed in a reading conference. And so often, comprehension issues might not actually be a comprehension issue, but they're related to something else. Maybe their student isn't reading a genre that they like, and maybe even though they're fourth graders or fifth graders, maybe they haven't figured out which genre they like yet, and that's the cause of their comprehension issue. Maybe your student doesn't realize that they can abandon a book if they don't like it, and they've been stuck reading a book that they don't like for so long. Maybe you have a student that is distracted by a classmate who's tapping a pencil next to them. And when you actually spend time to notice, you can identify if there are any reading issues that can be quickly fixed. Now, not all reading issues are a quick fix, but some of them are. 
And rather than trying to like address strategies or things that are on a deeper level, try to make sure that your students all have really strong habits and behaviors in place. So that way you can be sure that they are engaged, that they are motivated, that they are interested. So when you do get to the comprehension issues, you are actually addressing the right comprehension issues and not a band-aid for something else. Hopefully that makes sense. So first thing you want to do is notice and just pay attention to what are your students doing and how they're responding to reading. That's going to really help you prepare. Just It's kind of like your warm-up as a teacher for the reading conference. The next step is to explore. So once you've spent some time noticing your reader and you've written down some observations, you want to come and sit next to them, and then you're going to begin the actual conference. And when you join your reader, you really want to invite them to take the lead. This is their time to share their reading life with you. And usually you have to start your conference by asking some open-ended questions. And maybe they are something like, what genre have you been reading lately and why? Or why did you pick this book? Are you enjoying it? What strategies have you been using with this book? Can you tell me a little bit about what you've been reading? These questions are really going to invite your students to take the lead in the reading conference. As they're talking and answering these questions, pay attention to what they tell you. Listen to the words they use and how much detail they're adding to their responses. Listen to the tone of their voice. Are they enthusiastic about the book that they're reading or are they bored to tears and totally disengaged? You might have to ask a few follow-up questions to get the conversation started. And especially if your students aren't used to reading conferences, it might take them a while to realize like what they're supposed to share and how much they should share. But listen carefully because you can learn a lot about your student as a reader with just a few open-ended questions. Once you've taken some time to explore and ask those questions and get them to really share a little bit about what they're reading, what they're working on, what is what they're struggling with in their reading life, once they've finished telling you about their reading experience, the next thing you want to do is encourage. You really want to encourage and affirm something that the student is doing well. And this could be anything. And really, even your most struggling readers are going to have something that they are doing well that you can encourage and affirm. Maybe you can encourage them for getting started reading right away. Or maybe you could affirm that they have a variety of genres in their book bin. Or maybe you can affirm the fact that they've stopped and they've jotted and they've written down notes or created a graphic organizer while they're reading. Or maybe you can encourage the fact that they've asked questions and answered them while they're reading. Whatever it is, you want to provide them with some form of praise and encouragement. And this is so important because this affirmation tells the reader that they are on the right track and it encourages them to keep using those strategies the next time. We always think about how what we praise and reward, even with verbal affirmation, gets repeated. So if your student is doing something that you want them to continue on every time they sit down to read, encourage it. And the other thing is, is you would be surprised at how powerful a little bit of encouragement can be especially if you have a student who is a struggling reader and they just have not identified themselves as having strengths, any little positive nugget that you can give them is going to stick with them. You guys, our students love hearing praise from us. They, they, you know, teacher, students adore their teachers. They love what we say. And so any little positive thing you can say is going to stick with them long after the reading conference. Once you've noticed, once you've explored, once you've encouraged, now we get to the develop portion of the reading conference. And this is really the most powerful part of the reading conference. But also, it might be the hardest part because you don't always know what area you need to develop in your students 
when you sit down for a reading conference. So it's kind of like, you know, you're going to develop something, you know, you're going to give them a teaching point, a reminder, but you don't always know what it is. So you can't really prepare for it. You just need to be responsive to your students and know them as readers. And here's the thing. The more frequently you do a reading conference and then the more you know your individual students, the easier it's going to be for you to anticipate a possible area of development. But until you frequently do reading conferences, it, this part might feel a little uncomfortable and that's okay. Whenever possible during a reading conference, you really want to teach or develop your students with a little mini bite-sized strategy or something that they can do to improve and grow as readers. And I think sometimes as teachers, we feel this need to tell them everything that I don't want to say that they're doing wrong, but share all of the things that they could do to grow as readers. But when we give more than one teaching point or more than one piece of advice or suggestions, that can overwhelm the students. And then they're also left with this idea of like decision fatigue. They're not sure which thing they should work on first or practice. During a reading conference, you want to limit your develop portion, this teaching point, to one bite-sized strategy? What is one small thing that if your students started doing that, they would grow as a reader? I would just say the more that you practice this as a teacher and the more that you challenge yourself in this area, the easier it's going to get. So as you're observing, as you're exploring, and as you're affirming in the back of your head, you're thinking about what is one thing that this student could do that would help them become a stronger reader? And honestly, it could be anything because whatever they work on, and turn into a strength, it's just going to help them. So maybe it could be something as simple as maybe your reader isn't selecting the right book and they're bored with their selection. So during your conference, during the develop portion, this would be a perfect time for you to teach and remind your student how to look at the back of the book and preview it to see if it's something that they would enjoy or to help them identify the genres that they, you know, particularly enjoy and teach them or show them where to find those genres in the classroom library. Or maybe you notice that your reader isn't really pausing to ask questions or to think about the actual text. And so maybe your teaching point could be to remind them how readers will pause and ask questions as they're reading. And that's the only thing that they're working on. Or maybe you realize that your reader doesn't even make personal connections to the character, that when they're talking about the character, they aren't making any connections to their personal life. So your conference could be the perfect time to remind them that making connections is going to help them better understand the character. Whatever it is, it could be something super small. It could be to stop and think. It could be to create a graphic organizer. It could be to apply a certain strategy. It could be to look for text evidence. It doesn't matter. It just needs to be one small little teaching point and it needs to be focused. And one thing I really like to do is I like to have a set of strategy cards, question stems, or anchor charts, either on a key ring or laminated in a binder. So that way I can quickly pull them out and use them as a visual during the develop portion of a reading conference. I have a couple of these resources that I like to use in my TPT store that I will link in the show notes if you want to check them out. But it's nice to have some sort of visual. So if you're teaching your students about, you know, asking questions or making connections, you can show them a visual that is going to remind them of that strategy. Because here's the thing to keep in mind. More than likely, whatever your students need to focus on during the develop portion of the reading conference, this is probably something that they have already heard either during a mini lesson or during a small group lesson, and they are just forgetting to apply it to their independent reading time, or they aren't quite sure how to make that transfer. Maybe they understand that they should be asking questions, they just don't know how. So maybe if you gave them a set of question stems or prompts or 
told them, you know, you want to stop at the end of every page or whatever it is that will help them make the transfer to their independent reading. And so you really don't have to spend a ton of time during the develop because you're not teaching them anything new. You're more so just reminding them that a certain strategy is available to them and it could help them become a stronger reader. That's the develop portion. Maybe it sounds a little scary, but I promise once you get started, it comes a whole lot quicker. The last thing that you want to do is strengthen and really summarize or summarize and strengthen. And this idea is, is that you want to leave your reader with a reminder of what is going to strengthen them as readers. And this is where you both restate the encouragement. What is the one thing that they're doing well? And you restate your teaching point. What do they need to, to, to develop? Think of it as like a glow and a grow. And a lot of times I like to write down what my students, what, you know, what they did well on a sticky note along with their teaching point. What is the one thing that they're going to work on? So you could have a sticky note with a T-chart glow on one side, grow on the other side. But if you write it down, then it is visual and it's in front of them. You can encourage them to keep that in their reading journal, in their book bin. Every time they sit down to read, pull out that sticky note. And then the next time you come back for the reading conference, you'll be able to follow up and ask them if they've made progress on the grow. Are they working on that teaching point from the develop portion? And so that can be a really helpful reminder as well. And the other thing that's great about that is you're giving them a written reminder of what it is that they already are doing well. Again, keep in mind that reading conferences are meant to be fun. They're meant to be enjoyable. And this is your chance to speak directly into the life of your individual students and help them develop the tools to become a lifelong reader. And I always like to think about what is the impact that this would have on my students if I was consistent with reading conferences for the entire year. So even if you can't do them every week, let's say you can only do reading conferences with your students once a month. That's 10 times during the school year. So that's 10 times that you're individually meeting with students where you're providing them with one thing that they're doing well and one thing to work on. That means by the end of the year, when they leave your classroom, your student will walk away feeling confident with 10 specific things that are related to reading. And again, think about our struggling readers, how often they need that reinforcement. And if they could leave your classroom knowing that they are good, that they are confident, that they are successful with 10 specific things related to reading, that could totally change how they see themselves as readers. Reading conferences are really powerful, not only from the chance that it gives you an opportunity to develop your students, but it also is a chance for you to remind them of all of the things that they are already doing so well. Hopefully that seems pretty easy. If you are new to conferences or really if you just want to streamline the process, you know, think about the fact that you can incorporate this needs structure with all of your conferences. And it works with students who are struggling and below grade level. And it also works with students who are thriving and above grade level because it is customized and individualized for every single student. Remember, when you sit down for your reading conferences, you want to notice, explore, encourage, develop, and then strengthen and summarize. And if you are thinking, okay, this sounds great. This is something I can do. Yes, it totally is. If you also need a little more support, don't forget that I have a reading conference freebie in the show notes. And this freebie has the framework and it also has question stems and prompts for each step of the reading conference along with some really helpful note-taking templates. So you can use them, like I said, the sticky notes with the glow and the grow and a couple other options to make it really, really easy. Also, I just want you to know, I give you a little sneak peek to what's coming next. I know this episode really just scratched the surface on reading conferences, and I definitely have a lot more I want to say about it, but I also try to keep these episodes short because I know you guys have a lot on your plate and I don't want to overwhelm you. Next week, I'm going to do another episode on reading conferences where I'm going to answer 
some of the frequently asked questions I get about reading conferences, such as how often should I be doing reading conferences? What are the rest of my students doing while I'm conferring? What do I do with a student if they're reading a book that I'm not familiar with? Can I still have a conference with them? And then how do I balance reading conferences with the rest of my reading workshop? I'm going to talk about those questions, and I also have some really great tips to share with you about how to set up expectations for your reading conferences in your classroom from week one, so that way you can get the most out of this really powerful reading structure. So I hope you'll join me next week, and until then, I hope you guys all have an amazing week. much for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. Don't forget to join me over on Instagram at The Stellar Teacher Company. And you can also find links and resources from this episode in the show notes at StellarTeacher.com. I'll see you back here next week.